Hello, all Burnside listeners. Here's the audio from our more recent YouTube episode, and we'd like to thank you for your patience and understanding during our small little hiatus uh, from the audio portion of the show. If you do like this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new Trending Topics Network.com, or many of the other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Our capital region adventures are continuing, and we travel to Troy, New York. And joining me is Kevin, uh, the owner and, I believe, brewer of Rare Form Brewing Company. Hello. Thanks, Hi. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much for hosting us today. I look forward to speaking to you about your beers and uh, the history of Rare Form and your own history in the brewing industry. Brought me some tasty-looking beers here to try. What am I starting with? Ah, so there, there's confetti. Okay. So that's our uh, Mexican-style lager with New York corn. Um, it was Hop Vine put it in the top 10 of Mexican lagers in the nation. Nice. And uh, I think Beer Advocate, Wine Advocate, whatever was 98 awesome. uh, on it. So um, it's one of our favorites. Uh, we go through it a ton here. Um, we even have commercials that we made for it <laughs> for fun. <laughs> That's amazing. But, as we do. Thank you. A toast. Toast. So I'm drinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like a nice soft tortilla characteristic mm-hmm. in there, you know, and it's not too sweet. I feel like a lot of Mexican lagers become off a little too sweet on the end. We wanted to dry it out a little bit in there. 5.2%. Super crushable. Yeah, thank you. Delicious summer beer. Like sitting on your back patio or back beer garden, which we'll talk about later. I would probably have a few of these and then need a designated driver or something. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Kevin, what's, what's your history in the, in the brewing industry? Um, I started brewing really, well, home brewing back in 1996, uh, actually 1994. Okay. Um, my story kind of was, I was a junior in high school and I was going to visit one of my brothers in college. And uh, during the summer term, and he was like, why don't you come down and see what school's like, college is like. Went down, picked a class, and ended up being the chemistry course. Um, went with him in there, and the professor came in. And this is in Colorado. Backpack, coffee. Started talking about we're gonna go through this process today. You know, like had the backpack, had the coffee. He's like, pull things down. He's like, these two things equal this, and this equals that. And at the very end of it, he put his backpack down and put a beer up on the table, and just goes, "We just made beer." And I was blown away. I was like, at that point, I had only had like, how do I find someone to buy it for me? And not. It never came across my mind about making it. Yeah. And so that weekend, rushed out and started making beer. So uh, I've been making beer ever since then. Very cool. Yeah. Colorado seems, I guess there's a big brewing school in Colorado that I'm not aware about. So. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of breweries that, that go in over there. It wasn't really a yeah. big brewing school at the point. At the okay. time, there wasn't. But, uh, you know, just when the scene kind of hit, it just really hit. Now, New York State has a brewing school, from what I understand. Correct. Pretty there's cool. multiples. Okay. Yeah. That's the awesome. two big ones are really, you know, like uh, Siebel Institute and then you got UC Davis, but that's Chicago and, and Okay, yeah, because I knew Siebel was in Chicago. I didn't yeah. know if it expanded or not. And a lot of people don't know, like, New York is an incredibly large state. It is. <laughs> so, it is oh. a big state, yeah. You just have itty-bitty Vermont and then slightly bigger New Hampshire. Yeah. And then just below is Connecticut, and they're pretty small. <laughs> so it's uh, New York's a deceivingly large state. It is. I was surprised yeah. moving from moving here. I didn't yeah. realize it either. You know, to me, like, coming... I, I grew up in Colorado and then Seattle and Seattle out here and my wife for grad school um, moved out here and I was like, well, it's all kind of like New York City, right? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea everything else was about it. Uh, and then realized when I got here, it was completely different. <laughs> so that's what you brought you to Troy before you had Correct. brought to the brewery? Okay, cool. Yeah. And then why in 2014 you opened a prayer form? Correct. 
Okay. Uh, why in Troy and why not like a surrounding area or somewhere else in the capital? So we moved here in 2009 and about 2010 we decided our original plan was to go back to Seattle area and open the brewery out there and I had a lot of friends and connections out there but uh, we kind of fell in love with the East Coast and my wife came out for her grad school in painting and we realized how close we were to like you know you're a couple hours away from New York City you're a couple hours away from Boston and you're a couple hours from Montreal yeah. so we really liked the location of that and also the art scenes in all three so we thought let's start looking around the region so we looked at Troy we looked at Beacon we looked at Hudson um, at all that current time we were living in Troy though and talked to the city and this is in 2010 2011 mm -hmm. the city was like please how can we help you? <laughs> so we're all right. You know, like let's uh, let's spend more some time focusing on the on Troy. Uh, at that time, we were also doing opening uh, started a nonprofit with some friends for a nonprofit art gallery here too. Okay, cool. So we kind of had a little more of a tie into the region as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So then, were you, are you the first kind of craft brewery in? Because I know. Okay, I guess Brown's, uh, Brown's Brewing. Brown's, yep. Okay, yeah, because Brown's by I yourselves, and then for me, there's Helderberg. Okay, yep, yeah. that's right. So my understanding of the Troy area. Yeah, you've got Browns, Browns, ourselves, and then Mean Max, not by, uh, Mean Max just moved in the second location and down here. Yeah, that's that's your yeah. second location. Yep. Because yeah. we're... And that's pretty recent, I think. Yeah, we'll, this we'll be talking to them in Gwen Falls. So. Nice. Cool. Yeah, they're yeah, old yeah. school, as we say. Yeah. So so any idea what this building was before? Because Troy looks like a pretty old town. It's a really old town. Yeah. This was an old hardware store. Part, okay. part of an old hardware store. So this entire building all the way around here uh, was what called, was called Trojan Hardware. And this was actually their heavy appliance department, uh, okay. was, was this floor, this space in here. The rest of the building, it's, it's really cool too, because if you go through, the building's got all these little kind of like nooks and crevices and doors that go into another part of the building <laughs> and where they stored all the stuff. Um, it was really kind of neat to walk around and check it all out. Uh, major renovations, I'm assuming, had to come in here and, and the, take care of? There was, yeah. This was completely wide open and stripped. Uh, my friends and I, we, we did everything. So we did the plumbing and the, um, uh, the design, the layout, the plumbing, the electrical, um, everything on those end of it. The only thing that was, th there was no actual door here in the front. Okay. It was just all windows all the way across. <laughs> so the landlord had to build a, a, a new facade with a door on it. So that took a while. So we didn't actually open our doors until 2014. Um, we were previously going to be in another location and that fell through. So we would have, where our plan was to open in 2012. But. Okay. Uh, same kind of around one of these buildings or closer to uh, the, the water? A little more north. Okay. Yeah. Because yep. yeah, I see like a lot of build potential along, along the waterfront when I was sure passing is. through. So yeah. It's, uh, and it's going fast now. Yeah, it's, it's deceiving. <laughs> like when I first came here, I'm like, man, this town is old, but it's, how <laughs> yeah. have I only just heard of it? So it's, so we, we bought a house down South Troy <laughs> and uh, um, that, that was built in uh, 1844. Okay. So, and that's just, and that's, you know, like less than a mile away from here. So just yeah. give you an idea on timeline on that. 200 years, it's, it's up crazy. there. So. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, the name Rare Form, what, what made you pick that name as, as you're brewing? Yeah, so my wife and I would kick around names all the time and try to figure out things that were just right or wrong, you know. Um, and we really wanted something about that rare. We were doing a lot of 
we do some uh, distinctive ingredients sometimes, mm -hmm. and we play around with a lot of stuff, and we wanted that piece, ele that element in it. Also, my wife's an artist, as we were saying earlier, and her art is a lot about line and form, and she's done the majority of all of our labels and different different stuff for us, too. Um, and as a painter, that's what it's about. So how can we tie those two together between, like, the beer and also the art and the two things that we love? And uh, we said rare form one day, and we were kind of like, the double entendre of that was was perfect. You know, like, be in rare form, or you can be in rare form. You and your wife seem very on the same page about this. Yeah. I'm sure there's nights so you come home a few too many extra and she's like, eh, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the, the, the part of the brewery. Otherwise, I mean, you know, you gotta, you always gotta watch what you're doing. A lot of times when you go home, most of the time is you're not even, I'm not even ready for a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ready for a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've seen uh, you guys run around Ed Brew and it's like, I'll just drink it. <laughs> so, speaking of drinking it, uh, I got a number two here. Yep. Um, that there is, oh, that's the Plain Jane. Okay. So it's our cream ale. So when we first started off with our cream ale, we actually had it with uh, coconut chips. And for years, uh, we would say one of these days we're going to brew it without the coconut chips and we're just going to call it Plain Jane. Okay. Well, nine years later, we finally brewed it um, without the coconut chips because when we do it with the coconut, the uh, Royal Toasted Coconut Cream Ale is what that's called, it goes really fast. Um, and so we kind of dedicated it to really do it without the coconut this time. Awesome. Cheers. Ooh, that's delightful as well. That's uh, anytime crushable for me. What is this, uh, 4.5, 5%? Uh, 4.7. Yeah, nice light. It's, uh, it's got that creaminess too, like the nice smooth creaminess. Is this, now this is just a regular tap, it's not on nitro or is this? Just regular tap. Have yep. you thought about doing this on nitro? How you yeah, think that? absolutely, Ooh. definitely. Um, I think about in mm. Seattle, uh, Hales Brewery used to always have a cream ale on on, on nitro, and yeah. we've done it. We've done it a handful of times, and it's great. That's what we'll do. Sometimes is we'll put when we cook the coconut. We'll put the coconut cream on nitro, and then we'll do our um, porter. Okay. And then we'll layer the th layer the two, so it looks exactly as our colors do. Mm -hmm. um, from the top to the bottom with the nitro on top of it. Oh, yeah. And it floats and it blends. And it, it's, it tastes like a macaroon because you get this, like, chocolate characteristic from the, the porter. Wow. Uh, like, baker's chocolate. And then you get the coconut from the cream ale. Smooth. It's really nice. Came at the wrong time since you guys don't have that on tap right now. <laughs> I'll have to be back when you have it on tap. Let's just keep uh, abreast of the stuff right. of your brewing on, on your Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So. That's awesome. So you do take an approach to classic beer styles, focusing on tradition experimentation. Why, why is that such a big focus for you when it comes to brewing I, your beers? I think that like classic styles, if you don't know where to start at from mm -hmm. people and you don't know how to do that, then there's no reason to do something that's outside of that. So it's very important to know traditional styles of beer and know how they, are, how they were done and why they were done that direction, um, what they were getting out of it or what they were trying to get out of it. And then once you can do that and do a solid beer doing that, mm -hmm. then you can play around with it. And I feel like not until that point should you mess with that at all until you know that you can brew that solid beer. I, I've had too many places and too many beers that I've had of places where there, you have this new factor about it, you know, like whatever characteristic. But then underneath that, all that flavoring and stuff they're putting in there, the beer itself isn't solid. And I feel like that's a wrong place to start. You've got to start with that solid beer and then do what you want to do with it from that point. So uh, I think it's really important to learn like really what, how to do a solid classic style. And then you can do whatever you want from there. Yeah. I guess, I'm guessing that's where the house beer comes from. It's a table yeah. beer, which is yeah. very rare, yeah. old style. Yeah. And I, I don't know how well it does, but it's, it is an old style and it's so rare to see when it's on tap that 
beer nerds like myself will be like, ooh, something new to try. Yeah, it, something old but new to try. Yeah, so. it does really well for us. You know, yeah. um, we we love it. I mean, it does so well that we don't we don't package it at all. We just do it in the tap room, and that's it. Um, and we also do like we do a lot of detachments. So that's a single detachment mash. Mm -hmm on that, and so we'll do the cotch and mashes on some of our lagers and also some of the, the fun beers that we want to do too. Yeah. Well, I noticed you have to do a, a Satan Guts uh, Stout series, pretty yeah. much, so everything's like Imperial Stout, but yeah. with this, with that, with this. I, yeah. I think I had your coffee mocha, I want to say coffee mocha. I had one back in April I was able to buy, and it's in the south. The rare cans. The rare cans. So, yeah. And I got home and I'm like, oh, what was this? Oh, I bought a Satan's Gut and I just wrote Satan's Gut. It's <laughs> trying to remember that beer I purchased too. And then kind of shifting into experimentation is that's where the seltzers are coming from too, because seltzers are very popular right now. Yeah, it was, it was also like more of a, a challenge for us to see how we could do it. And we started using the, with the Voss yeast, you know, mm -hmm. a Norwegian yeast strain on there. Um, and it was more of a fact of just let's try it and play around with it and see what we can do with it, you know, um, along those lines. And it's fun, you yeah. know, it goes well. Um, it is, you know, very crushable, you know, 3.9% yeah. alcohol, yeah. it's pretty nice. I mean, not everybody's a beer drinker, right? So you want to have something totally. else for somebody who does want a beer. Yeah. It's right there. So And seltzers, like I said, are super yeah. popular. And I'd much rather craft seltzer than any of the big boys. So. Yeah. And we wanted to finish really low in sugar, too. So we had that, you know, a, a below zero Play-Doh. So. Okay. Wow. That's impressive. Because, yeah, yeah Play-Doh's like, that's a health thing, too. Yeah. Play-Doh's super important for people who are watching their sugar levels. Absolutely. Who don't want to lose a foot. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike myself, where I'm just like, that, whatever, who cares? <laughs> Awesome. Uh, you guys also have that beautiful beer garden in the back. Yeah. Uh, has that been here since the beginning or that was a slow, let's add on, because it that was a was parking a, lot. That was a COVID. Okay. Uh, so when, during COVID for us, we were able to expand our outdoor seating and we all we had was kind of some spots in our front here. And we were able to bump that out and really make a space out of it. And that allowed us also to do concerts and outdoor movies and things like that. So yeah. that now it's a, an integrated part of, our, of what we do. Um, but yeah, it's fun. We love it out there. Because, I mean, you, you said you rent this building. We do. So yeah. I'm assuming the landlord's like, oh, yeah, if you're going to stay it, here yeah. and keep making money, please, <laughs> please do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty much free parking on the street. So yeah. And why not? It's don't use the parking lot. Just enjoy beers out there. So yep. and I saw you added the uh, sun protectors. Yeah. And, and there's not sun protectors where it looks like you probably do cornhole, I'm assuming. Yeah. I brew, saw bags. brew bags. Yeah. Brew bags. Yeah. So doing events like brew bags, Metal Mondays, uh, Vinyl Tuesdays, that's an important part of your character for rare form, correct? Yeah, it is. I think a lot of times it's brought on by the, some of our bartenders that are working that shift and want to do like kind of bring out their own personality. Yeah. And we're all for that, you know, the creativity. So um, Metal Mondays was brought in by a person that likes metal music and there's mm -hmm. no, he said there's nowhere around here that people are playing metal. And so why don't we do it on Mondays? And we thought, all right, why not? Let's give it a shot. And we did, and it's done <laughs> extremely yeah. well um, and been fun. You know, yeah. the people come in, they come back every week and uh, uh, they have a good time. We have curated lists that they create themselves mm -hmm. and they take turns and they invite their friends and they do it. And yeah, and it's you guys are open on a Monday that way. Yeah, a lot totally. of places were, are not still yeah. not open on Monday. Like people still haven't changed their hours yeah. from the pandemic. So hopefully soon, hopefully everybody will be yeah. seven days. I mean, I'm sure it's difficult and staffing is an issue, but uh, seven days a week again would be great for breweries. Oh, yeah, so, uh, for sure. You do need a day off, though, I'm sure. So. <laughs> uh, is that where also the kind of creativity of uh, the handcrafted pizzas came in? No, handcrafted pizzas came in because we were just kind of, we started off when we first opened as a charcuterie place. Okay. So we were doing craft beer and charcuterie trays mm -hmm. and plates. Um, and really became like a supply issue for us, the, you know, the ingredients that we wanted to consistently. 
because um, we were really working with farms on that. We had a hard time getting everything we needed on a consistent basis. And so we were like, we need to think of another option and have okay. it. And that's where the pizzas come out of. Pizza and beer. And we have a limited, limited space. Yeah. So uh, what we could do in here, we really had to be creative and figure it out. And like I said, pizza and beer. Yeah, great. Come on. Go well. <laughs> There's no question about it. It's, yeah. it's like a mini, it looks like almost mini wood fire that you got back there. So It is. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how much, on average, how many pizzas do you feel you're pumping out, like on average on, let's say, a Saturday that's a little busier? On a Saturday, we're probably about 20 pizzas. That's all. That's yeah. an extra 20 yeah, yeah. bills that you weren't selling before. Exactly. So it's extra money for you. And Keeps people around a little longer, I too. Pizza is the second highest return on investment type of thing. Yeah. I know it's popcorns first <laughs> at the I, cinema. I believe that. And then I think pizza's <laughs> number two for what ingredients cost versus what it sells. Yeah. It's, it's there. So that's awesome. Uh, let's do one more beer and then yeah. we're going to came talk about what I really want to talk about. Yeah, for me, totally. me, 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 because it's just about <laughs> me and not you. <laughs> no. uh, okay, so I got the Troy Division IPA. So what is this about? Um, so yes, yeah, so that's our version of our, uh, a New England style IPA. Mm -hmm. But I like the finish drier again. I feel okay. like a lot of them are too sweet on it. I wanted a drier finish, so we finished it around like 2.2, 2.4 Play-Doh with it. 7% uh, alcohol. You get a lot on the nose. Uh, we play around with some different hops different times, but um, yeah. Tell awesome. me what you think. Yep, beautiful. All right, as Thanks. we do, I told almost. Ooh, it's different. It's tasty. It's different though. It's not, my brain automatically thinks like, you know, hoppiness and stuff. And yeah. It's a little drier, it is hoppy, but it's not your typical IPA. It's very tasty though. Thanks, yeah. One of that like, wow. Want it to really be like that, Again, if I feel like if it's too sweet, you're not going back to another one. And I yeah. want to have that dryer finish so that you're having it, drinking it, you're ready for another drink right away. It's just nice, refreshing on the palate. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Nice. Uh, so yeah, as I said, uh, the confetti cup or the disc yeah. golf tournament, how, how did that come about? Because I do see there's a lot of disc golf in the capital region to totally. be played. Yeah. Uh, why, why create the confetti cup? Because um, we love playing disc golf. Okay. Um, we, we have a lot of our meetings at the disc golf course. So our disc golf course is literally walking distance from here. Um, so we will do like our sales meeting, we'll do our brewers meetings and we'll, we'll just play around and chat and talk about stuff and come back and then get our action plans. But um, that's part of the fun. You know, yeah. for us, it's a little exercise. You get out of the brewery, able to think differently, able to play, have a good time. And we just all enjoy it, you know? Mm -hmm. So even on a brew day, we'll put a bag, a cage inside here and we'll start playing like horse or pig with it, yeah. you know, on different games uh, as we're going. I saw that you had the cage while walking back to the beer garden yeah. and I'm like, oh. and <laughs> immediately I'm like, yeah, I've got to somehow figure out to bring this back to Montreal. <laughs> we we usually do the tournament on Father's Day and then this oh. is the first year we didn't do it on Father's Day because there's a big tournament the day before the yeah. biggest tournament in the region. And ours is not like a, ours is a fun tournament, mm -hmm. you know, beer out there, music, games, other stuff happening. So when people are playing, there's other events happening at the same time for yeah. families or for whatever. Um, and I think this was the first year that people actually kind of understood it. For after three years, like, we were only getting people that really were like, were serious about disc golf. Um, and we're like, no, this is a good beginner level. You're not going to get, you know, it's, it's prizes, but not like, you're not getting cash prizes. <laughs> you know, you're getting other, it's not a sanctioned event. Yeah. Uh, so we have like, and if you get a hole in one on one of the holes uh, on 18 we put up, we get a free keg of beer, like different things like that, you know, so we'll have, we'll have fun with it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, there's a good chance I'm coming for next year's. <laughs> it was, Please was do. I mean, it, it was your third annual from what I saw on the website. Yeah. So was that kind of because of the pandemic you guys got into disc golf? 
a lot of people did around here, yeah. but also it came along with when the course was first built. Mm -hmm. So when the first came, first was built, we had the next year we had our, our tournament. So, yeah. do you know if that's championship level course? I know Saratoga has one at the park. Yeah, this but, is not yet, okay. but it's it's a much nicer course than yeah. the Saratoga course. It's uh, but it's really new. And it's eighteen holes. Eighteen holes. See, the back nine's fantastic too. Yeah, I don't. The front nine's like more beginner level, and the back nine is definitely yeah. a shift from there. It, it's nice too because the capital region is a little more open. I'm stuck on a big giant island, and <laughs> it's like, okay, we stuck eleven holes in this park here. Uh, don't hit a picnicker. <laughs> But it's not my fault the picnic table was there way before my disc golf chains. Yeah. So it's um it's a growing sport, that's for sure. It's crazy and just I've even just watching like championships ones now, it's it's crazy how much this is and I don't see beer sponsors yet, which is frustrating because it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's almost perfect for beer. It is. It's I yeah. drinking a beer and playing some disc golf. I yeah. To me it just fits. It's like softball. Yeah, so. yeah. The, the the way that they do the sanctioned ones is there's no beer allowed until after the the last team is done. Okay. So that's how they do it around the sanctioned. That's why the one that we do is not a sanctioned event. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I know during the pandemic you're doing home delivery, but what is your regular distribution, or is it just people coming in and buying cans on the spot? So we do distribute all across New York State, okay. uh, New Jersey as well, and we have access. We did we do some bid drops sometimes in Colorado. Yeah. Um, but that's about it right now currently. Okay. I did forget to ask for the disc golf. Uh, you mentioned you only do a line for the tournament. Do you see yourselves doing more of a permanent line for merch and stuff like that? Or yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. I immediately buy a brewery disc golf disc. It's nice. I've already got twenty other ones. I might as well just get them <laughs> and put them on a shelf somewhere or actually use them. So yeah, we actually bought a stamp this year, a foil stamp, and it's been great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're just tempting me to come back next July if you do it in July again, or yeah. whenever you do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Personally, I try to do a once a year tournament with friends, and it's like, hey guys, let's travel next year. And one guy's like, Stowe. I'm like, or the Capital Region. So, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Nintendo 64, super yeah. classic, classic system for people of our age. Uh, why bring that in? I mean, clearly you wanted people to bring their kids here and have a good time and enjoy beer. Stop. Yeah, it was, it was, a. it kind of just happened one week where we were talking about it'd be nice to do something else in this space, in this room. And um, one of our bartenders was like, I have an old Nintendo 64 system. And everybody was just like, yes, let's do it. Um, and then we started collecting some games and we had, we have regulars that were just dropping games off, you know? Mm -hmm. So we've got about 20 some games and we just have them out and let people play it. And uh, it's been great ever since yeah. then. And I mean, we play it all the time. So <laughs> see so yourselves doing like a Mario Kart tournament or something like that. We, maybe. we do have game nights on Wednesday nights. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Is, is it for prize? Is it just for fun or for just prizes for fun, as well? Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I love doing, I, like you, you know, you do a disc golf tournament. Why not yeah. do a video game yeah. tournament? Why not? I saw Bonsai Tree. Like, how did that come about? Why they reached doing... out to us actually. Oh, so really? they're yeah, they're a company that comes around. They started in Boston, and they um, and now they're this is their second location of okay. doing it. But they reach out to different bars and breweries, and they set up a time and they come once a month for us. And uh, you pay a ticket price. They give you a little bonsai tree, and they show you how to trim it, and do this like two hour class of uh, with uh, all about bonsai. Because they how enjoy tasting beer, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Or seltzer. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. And a bunch of board games too. Are they popular? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good draw. Um, do you feel that stuff like the New York State uh, Brewery or New York State Craft Beer app and the uh, Craft Beer Passport for Capital Region, does that help draw people who would never discover rare form to rare form? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially with rare form, we're a, a smaller little tucked in space that's kind of hard to find. 
So like the New York State one that we do, I'm, I'm also a board member on New York State Brewer Association, okay. so we kind of do a lot of that stuff as fundraising for them. Um, but that app shows a lot of other events too, and that's mm -hmm. been fantastic. Um, it gets people out and about, lets them know about a lot of different places in the region. There's so many times I hear that people are like crap beer, they go to a beer festival, you know, half a mile or half an hour away from us or whatever. Yeah. And like, oh, where are you guys located at? You know, yeah. like we're just in Troy. Yeah. Um, so like those, that type of stuff is always kind of funny. Um, and I'm always happy to hear it because that means there's new people out there. Yeah. So being that, do you attend any of the New York State craft brewers festivals? We do, we okay. do almost all of the, just the New York State Brewer Association ones. Okay. We do those and we do a handful of other ones depending kind of on what the reasons are, why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Is it a fundraiser, is it not? Um, but yeah, we, we're kind of picky about what we choose to do now. And you do feel it does draw newer people to the tap room that might have not been here before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it's definitely gives, puts you in front of an audience that are not aware of everything, you know, so that's good. So it is helping get the brand out yeah. there that, I mean, realistically, you want your name out there, right? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You have to pay the bills. That's right. Absolutely. And brewing is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you didn't love what you were doing, clearly you probably wouldn't be here almost 10 years in now. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big number coming out when you think about it. <laughs> Big, I guess, since it's so far away, but any big, big plans for that 10 year anniversary that you're thinking we'll of? We'll definitely have some special beer releases and some stuff we've held on to for a while too that we'll be releasing. So I'm very excited about that. It's crazy. crazy. Can't believe it. It's not so fast. <laughs> what, around what time, like what month is, is the anniversary? Uh, May 30th. May 30th. So we always so do it the weekend after Memorial weekend. Okay. So yeah. we just passed the 9th, 10th yeah. is coming up. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, so speaking of those classic beers. Yeah. What's this last one I'm having? Ah, so this last one you're having is a Belgian IPA. So okay. it's our house Belgian yeast strain that we worked with. And um, this one we wanted it. So you'll get a soft bitterness from it. I uh, don't want to you know, uh, complicate. Like there's, when you're playing with like Belgian yeast strains and you want that to have such a forefront of it, and then you're also adding a lot of hops to it, they mm -hmm. really have to meld together and have the right balance between the two. Okay. Um, and that's where this is at. Awesome. Uh, well, you're empty, but toast. Uh, toast. <laughs> Ooh, getting like a little bit of banana and clove. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's so rare to see Belgian style now, too. It's it is. It's funny because when we first started, Belgian was a really like we had two or three different Belgian styles on, you know. Um, and like really, I I my first beer that really got me into brewing was a Belgian, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of opened my eyes. So I always like having some type of Belgian on there. But they kind of disappeared for a while, you yeah. know, in the IPA craze. They they. Uh, Kind of had a back burner on it. Now, from what I've been told from other friends of yours in the area, yeah. you have quite the unique brewing system. It's basically a homebrew system on steroids? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we've got, it's a psycho brew system. So it's a five barrel system, but it's two and a half. It's two different mash tons, two okay. different kettles. At, uh, both are two and a half uh, barrels. So we're mashing in twice. Um, and then we're boiling the boil twice, which okay. allows us to do a lot of different things on it. So we can either do like, you know, like let's say we're doing a, a, a wit beer or something, we can have the mash of one of it at a certain temperature, lower temperature, and then have a second mash at a okay. higher temperature. Um, also makes it more easy for us to do decoction mashing and stuff along those lines. It is a lot more work. It's, okay. you know, okay. it's, it's definitely a lot more grain out, you know, um, manual labor, <laughs> Okay, yeah. but, was, um, was... but we enjoy it because it gives us a lot of flexibility yeah. to do a work with a lot of different types of recipes. And do you have a canning line or is it all manual canning with the classic? We have a canning line. Okay. Yeah. So at least there's some, some little easiness there. Yeah. 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 And then on average, when you're putting cans out, uh, are there a lot of locals who are coming out every, you know, couple of weeks for new beers and just yeah. picking up 
Yeah, our cans don't stay around too much. Um, like again, like you know, example today mm -hmm. having like only a couple options. Um, that's a tough part, you know, is just trying to get it all. Yeah, Did and keep enough in house for people that come in for draft too. <laughs> and you find the locals really stepped up when pandemic hit. And they're like, oh no, no, no we got yeah, to buy beers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. We were really busy doing a lot of deliveries those days. <laughs> it's so weird too, because we're like, "Oh, we can't do anything." Nope, we have to work. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send beer to everybody. Awesome. Uh, so, what's uh, what's the future hold for Rare Form in New York State and beyond? Yeah. So we we really are looking at uh, and and continuously looking at a new facility for us. We definitely need to grow. We've outgrown this space and this system um, mm -hmm. years ago. So uh, we're we're trying to figure out that 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 right nets fit where we can do it one time and then not have to worry about it again. So Wait, focusing on remaining in Troy. Focusing on remaining in okay. Troy, if possible. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Kevin, thank you very, very much for saying. Yeah, thank really you. I appreciate anybody who's only speak to us about their brewing, clearly your passion and every, everything that's uh, behind the brewing industry in New York State and beyond. Uh, for those who are trying to find Rare Form, where can people find you? Ah, well, you find us at rareformbrewing.com or at, in, you know, Troy, New York. Come visit, please. Have a beer with us. What's your actual address for those? 90 ones? Congress Street. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. So all that's going to be in the show notes. AubreyInside.com is the website. Right. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to us and click that notification bell for all future episodes. Add All Beer Inside is on all social media. As you say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.